Hello, everyone, and welcome to New Matter, this SLAS podcast where we interview life science luminaries. Today, we are joined by Andrew Ridley, head of sales for Selink. Selink won the SLAS Europe 2022 New Product Award for their BioCell X. Welcome, Andrew. Hi, thank you for inviting me. It's a pleasure to have you. So let's start off. Congratulations on your win. How do you feel about winning the SLAS New Product Award? Yeah, I think this is fantastic news. You know, it's really a true testament to the hard work the entire team from design, hardware, software, and marketing really put into this product. And I think it also reinforces the need in the industry for such technology to accelerate drug discovery. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about how was your overall experience at SLAS Europe 2022? Yeah, sure. I think it was a fantastic event. It was one of our, at least in Europe, one of our first in-person events following COVID. And whilst the online events have been great, I think we've really taken for granted the importance of meeting in person. And I think SLAS enabled us to kind of reconnect with customers, experts and key opinion leaders within their laboratory automation and screening, particularly within academia, industry and, and government areas within life sciences. Yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah, I know from my experience, the presentation quality never kind of went down with the online events, but there was just no way to recreate that networking that you can do in person. You can't really get that online. No, I think, you know, having coffee breaks, et cetera, and customers just popping by to have a chat, you know, you really get to discover and identify needs and being able to provide them with solutions, really. Yeah, definitely. So, can you briefly describe for us what is the BioCellX? Yeah, certainly. So, I think selling have become well known within the industry to have disrupted and democratized 3D bioprinting. And kind of what I mean by that is we've improved the end user experience and empowered researchers outside of tissue engineering to kind of master 3D printing. Um, so, we've broken down those barriers and enabled global access, but we still felt there was a need to develop technology to enable customers to kind of, even though we have very intuitive technology to further accelerate um, the use of our technology to basically generate or fabricate biomimetic models, but with really no prior experience in tissue engineering. So that's what this product was really set out to accomplish was to enable researchers to really accelerate drug discovery and development. Right. So it sounds like, you know, you can, it's kind of a beginner's bio 3D printing tool. Exactly. You mentioned the words bioprinting to customers and these connotations of the need to have prior experience to be able to handle G codes and STL files is, is something which many of these researchers, you know, we're talking to cancer biologists, molecular biologists, and it's something that kind of, I think, scares people away from 3D printing. So to be able to kind of generate an instrument with, our great technologies, but almost in a, in a black box, you know, they're, they're pre-developed, pre-validated protocols. And the idea was to help these scientists hit the ground running, as it were, you know, time is money. And, and to some customers don't want to develop the infrastructure and, and the other things associated with adopting completely new technology. So this gives them that capability to fabricate 3D in vitro biomimetic models whilst really enabling them to kind of hit the ground running. Yeah. So for those who maybe aren't too familiar with it, can you briefly explain what exactly is 3D bioprinting and what is it used for? Sure. So 
3D bioprinting is, is kind of akin to, to standard 3D printing. Um, it's an additive manufacturing process, but rather than using plastics or liquids, materials, we're kind of using, we're combining cells, human cells, mainly with biocompatible hydrogels. So the idea, if you think of your printer at home with inks, our equivalent of inks is things like collagen, alginate, etc. So materials that will enable cells to grow and to be viable, but in a way that we can fabricate some form of scaffold that recapitulates that. So like with 3D printing, you would start off with an STL file, and this can be obtained via maybe a CT or an MRI scan if you're looking to maybe model cartilage or, or something like that. Or you can fabricate and design a model yourself. And then simply that model is sliced using slicer software and converted into a G code, which can be read as instructions for the printer to be able to print the model. So essentially, you're creating the environment for your 3D tissues to grow in. Exactly. So we're able to not only combine cells with these materials to kind of fabricate scaffolds and structures that maybe mimic the in vivo environment, native in vivo environment within humans. But yes, we can combine things like growth factors and laminins to really improve the, the specificity of that environment to make it more native, particularly and make it more tissue specific as well. Do you think, are we getting close to the point where, you know, after you 3D print these environments, can you also, you know, 3D print tissues, do you think? Yeah, the holy grail, I guess, is being able to print whole organs. And that would be fantastic because obviously there's a massive disparity between the need and the ability to be able to fulfill that need for tissue transplantation, organ transplantation. So whilst we're, we're quite a, a way off from that, there are certain applications that are very close to the clinic. Just to name a few from some of our customers, we have a customer who has fabricated uh, corneas. So he's looking to potentially use um, these corneas for corneal transplantation for maybe if someone loses their eyesight through damage, uh, injury, etc. We also have people trying to fabricate skin to replace skin for maybe people who have been unfortunately that, uh, injured in, in fires, etc. Or maybe severe wounds and also cartilage. You know, we hear about people having knee surgery. I'm waiting for knee surgery right now. And the need to be able to, to replace damaged cartilage as we age is, is something which is also very close to the clinic. So it's really taking this technology from the bench to the bedside as quick as possible. Yeah. Wow. That sounds fantastic. <laughs> That's really cool. What makes the BioCell X new and innovative? Sure. So I think really it encompasses all the, the really cool technologies that we already have in our bioprinter. But as I mentioned, it's pre-validated by scientists for scientists. So the idea is that it's a plug and play system and it's a walkaway system. Customers no longer need to optimize. We provide the materials, we, the inks, etc. The only thing we don't provide is the cells that, um, that they will be working with. The methods themselves are pre-validated. So the customer can simply hit a button and undertake large screening. It's, for example, if they wanted to fabricate tumoroids and then we're looking to screen a compound library for its chemotherapeutic efficaciousness, then that's something that they can do instantly without having to know much about tissue engineering. 
So these bio inks, I'm just curious, how stable are they? How do you have to store the bio inks and what's their shelf life like? Sure. So they vary depending upon where they come from. So our base materials, typically gelatin or being gelma or nanocellulose based or, or collagen, you know, you, I, everyone is primarily made out of collagen. So it's really important that we try to mimic the native environment. In terms of stability, that can vary from a few months to, to up to a year. It depends really. Once you start blending in growth factors and, and laminins, et cetera, that, that obviously reduces the shelf life, but they remain stable for quite a period of time. And this enables our customers to fabricate these biomimetic models and undertake analysis of these models over an extended period of time. You know, we have customers growing these models and, and doing maybe time-lapse microscopy, et cetera, over extended periods of time. So these assays can be over time rather than terminal and kind of terminated very quickly, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. That's great. Yeah. So once you've printed the scaffolds, that, that's also fairly stable for your experiments. Exactly. And you can see the progression of if it's um, a diseased model, you're trying to recapitulate some kind of maybe cancer or cardiovascular disease, or if you're trying to look at how a drug is impacting on the cells of maybe a tumoroid, so a fabricated tumor, for example, then, then you can see this over a period of time. And where customers are, are using this as, for example, they're using this technology to take patient-derived cells. So the idea here is if a patient becomes resistant to a certain chemotherapeutic, the idea is that they take the very cells of that patient from the tumor they can grow it up using this technology, and then maybe they can try and screen for potentially new chemotherapeutic agents that they have. So it's kind of trying to, it's almost like last chance saloon in terms of trying to find a therapy that will actually work with the patient and overcome their chemotherapeutic resistance. Yeah, wow, that sounds like it would be amazing. So you can just test it on a small sample of their tissues instead of giving the patient the medicine and, and seeing what happens that way. Exactly. And because this instrument is it provides high throughput capability, so sometimes it can be difficult with more conventional printers to print in a 384 well plate, for example, but the BioSelects enables you to do this. So, for example, if you are growing patient cells and you have thousands of compounds to test, look for that one, that one compound that may kill the tumor, you know, you're able to do this very rapidly. Wow, yeah, that sounds like kind of a game changer. Yeah, no, most certainly, you know, I think it's going to enable researchers to accelerate drug discovery, particularly when identifying drug targets for the very thing they're targeting with their chemotherapeutic, but also accelerate, you know, reducing the amount of time that they spend looking for potential drugs. And also the other element to this is if, if this enables them to have more confidence in their data preclinically, and enable them to gather more robust data, it could have implications for reducing the number of animals used in, in, in medical research, particularly in drug discovery and preclinical trials. Yeah, that's great. And I know that that is a big concern with a lot of researchers is the ability to reduce animal models. So that's really nice that this is also a way to do that. Yeah, I mean, it's really important for selling for BICO you know, we are trying to be a more sustainable company and, and more ethically responsible, particularly with, with drug discovery and obviously more and better compliance to the three R's. You know, if, if we can replace animals, that's great. 
if we can't replace, then obviously we need to reduce those. And by replacing, reducing and, and refining our experimentation, it's also enabling us to refine exp animal experimentation more. Yeah, that's fantastic. So what sort of research, you've kind of gone into it a little bit, but what sort of research is the BioCellX ideal for? Sure. So the three main applications that we currently have in terms of printing methods is simple single layer structures, droplet and drop on drop. And the kind of market that we're targeting initially with, with the obviously the initial launch is, is cancer. We have numerous applications. I think we have around seven to eight applications and they're all centered around amino oncology. So looking at CAR T therapy, NK therapies. Bone metastasis is another big one for us, invasion assays as well. So they're kind of, as I mentioned, they're pre-validated assays, but they will enable cancer researchers to look at different aspects of cancer in terms of maybe how cancers progress with angiogenesis and metastasis, and then obviously drug screening as well. So as I mentioned, they're all centered around cancer at the moment. We are looking to go into other areas. But I think cancer is quite, quite a, a big area in terms mm -hmm. of drug discovery. Yeah, oh, definitely. And in terms of creating the environment, yeah, especially when you look, talking about metastasis, you need that sort of recreating that in vivo environment in order to know, you know, how the cells are moving and migrating. It, exactly. I mean, one of the big things at the moment and that will enable researchers to do with this instrument is co-culture. So the idea is co-culturing with things like cancer-associated fibroblasts, which in the past have may have been thought not to be that involved in chemo resistance, chemotherapeutic resistance, and the progression of tumours. But actually, recent data and, and research has suggested that CAFs play a bigger role within the progression of cancer and also um, chemotherapeutic resistance. So yeah, recreating that tumour microenvironment with all the various components, whether that be the tumour cells themselves, the ECM, so on and so forth, and making sure that environment recapitulates what clinicians and what oncologists see in the patient itself. Yeah. Is the BioCell X currently available for purchase? Yeah, no, it most certainly is. We've had a lot of interest since SLAS, and I think SLAS has provided the platform for us to showcase the BioCell X. And as I mentioned, we have had a lot of interest at that event and we've had a lot of interest subsequent to the event. Great. That's wonderful. So what inspired you guys to create the BioCell X? Yeah, I mean, as I mentioned, we've played a major role in democratizing the technology, mainly from a cost perspective. We've brought the cost of the instruments significantly down, but more so from an intuitive user friendliness of, of using the instrument. And I think whilst we, we have managed to achieve that to a very large degree, I think there's an area of the market in drug discovery where whilst the instrumentation is still very intuitive, they need even more power. They need, you know, the ability to create these models in a high throughput manner, but basically have a walkaway system to enable them to do that. You know, people in big pharma biotech do not have the time to explore a completely new field of biology, i.e. tissue engineering. So to be able to create those models and focus on the drug discovery, drug development areas that they're working on, I think, you know, is very powerful. 
Are there any situations, research situations, where a individual may want to not necessarily consider the BioCellX and consider a different cell link product? Are there are there research environments where the BioCellX just maybe isn't the best option? Yeah, sure. I mean, I think if you're looking to fabricate very complex biomimetic models, which are incredibly and highly vascularized, obviously our light-based product portfolio would be better suited. And I think products like the new BioNovrex that we have is more suitable for things like regenerative medicine. You know, a recent paper published using that technology was looking at um, restoring peripheral nerve damage. And unfortunately, the BioSelects wouldn't be the best product there, but we do have alternatives to that. And obviously, the BioX6 enables customers to generate very complex models. We have six print heads, so you can print multi-materials and multiple cell types. So if you're looking to build very complex biomimetic models, say, of the skin, which, as you, as you would know, there are lots of different cell types within that model, that kind of technology would be, would be better suited. So as someone working at this, you know, cutting edge company, what's the most exciting moment either in the lab or, you know, professional accomplishment that you guys have had over at Cellink? Yeah, I mean, me personally, I think since starting building a, a European team, which many of the, them were at um, SLS, I think it's been a, a really big achievement, you know, building a team during COVID. And, and this has been a, a team of sales guys and application specialists who have been able to support our customers through COVID. You know, we we were undertaking a lot of demos and installations online and we've been able to work through the, the COVID pandemic. I think that was in, the, in an achievement in itself. But I think, you know, moving forward, I think, as I say, we do want to be a more ethically and sustainable company. And the thought of placing instrumentation like the BioSelects which will ultimately hopefully reduce the number of animals, I think is, is a massive success in itself. Definitely. What are you looking forward to accomplishing within the next year with the BioCellX? Sure. Well, personally, I hope that we can extend the great number of applications that we currently have. You know, focusing on cancer is, is clearly um, a great area to focus on, you know, the need for more chemotherapeutic drugs and drug development and discovery is, is really important. But, you know, I would like to think that we branch out. There are other areas and other global health challenges, particularly with long-term chronic disease. There's many unmet needs, uh, such as antimicrobial resistance and obviously uh, neurodegenerative related diseases, I think are really big global health challenges currently. So I hope that we can enter other different types of markets in the future with this technology. Yeah. Are there any other products that Cellink has in development that you guys are really excited about that you can tell us about today? I think for us as a company and being part of selling, being part of Bico, I think what's exciting for me is the fact that we have so many technologies across the Bico portfolio, which can work in, can be seamlessly integrated into single workflows. So, for example, you know, we have this BioSelects that can work upstream, as in the fabrication of the model. But then we have fantastic products from Dispendex, such as the IDOT, that will enable us to dispense small volumes of liquid. And this can be applied to maybe screening a compound library. So the idea is that you would fabricate the model and then use 
that using the bioselects and then using the IDOT to basically dispense these um, these chemotherapeutic or, or, or compounds. And then downstream of that, if you're looking to do single cell RNA-seq, for example, Cytina offer the up site and the F site, which enable customers to then basically dispense cells from these complex models into single cells within a plate. So then you could do single cell RNA-seq and we have fantastic imaging products as well, such as the cell site X from Cytina. So yeah, I think the product portfolio across Bico is fantastic. We can work with customers to develop seamlessly integration of these products within single workflows. So I'm going to apologize. So this is kind of backtracking a little bit, but it just occurred to me as I was listening to you talk, I have no idea what kind of a time frame this sort of 3D bioprinting typically takes. So can you tell us a little bit about how long does it take to build a 3D model using either the BioCell X or any, any of the other products you guys have? Certainly. So, you know, it, it can take a couple minutes to, to fabricate a very simple model. And obviously, if you're doing that over a 384 well plate, so it could take a few seconds to a couple minutes. So you're looking, you know, at anywhere up to an hour or so to fabricate a plate. But other technologies within our portfolio, like the Nanoscribe 2PP technology, which is based on stereo photolithography, that can take hours to fabricate 3D structures, which are sub-micron in terms of size. So yeah, it can vary vastly depending upon what you're printing, the material, um, and how many of those models you're printing during one printing process. Interesting. So, you know, we're kind of getting to the end of our discussion. Is there anything else that you really want to share about the BioCellX or about Cellink? Yeah, as I mentioned, so any customers who are obviously looking to adopt this technology who may not have prior tissue engineering experience, they may not have G-coded or handled STL files before, I would definitely reconsider because uh, adopting this type of technology because in the long run, it really will save time and obviously it will save money because if you're able to fabricate biomimetic in vitro 3D models, they will ultimately better recapitulate what you see in the native environment, whether that be in health or if you're trying to model a specific disease and therefore your data will be more robust and you will have a lot more confidence moving forward downstream of that. So. I would definitely urge customers to get in touch with us and, and we can provide demos of the instrumentation. So that's not a problem. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Andrew, for speaking with me today. It's been really interesting to learn more about this 3D bioprinting. And we, you know, congratulations again on your new product award. And we are really looking forward to seeing Cellink at future events and seeing what you guys come up with next. Brilliant. Thank you very much.